0: Christ really are not going to go uh, through the tribulation. And as we look today, right, Nathan, here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to talk a little bit about that as we look at the rapture road. Well, in chapter 4 in in our last program, Nathan, you talked to us about what the rapture was, and that is what chapter 4 was about. Can you recap for that a little bit in chapter 4 before we move on to chapter 5? Well, chapter four of First
1: Thessalonians and First Corinthians fifteen and John four and other passages teach us about the rapture of the church. That is uh, an anglicized word for the Latin rapio from the Greek harpezo. It means caught up. And in uh, chapter uh, verse uh, excuse me chapter four verse seventeen, now Paul used the term caught up. That one day, out of the blue, the church will be caught up to meet Jesus in the clouds, and there will be with the Lord forever. And we'll do that before a terrible time that will come on the world called the Tribulation. Seven years of the worst time in all of human history. 21 judgments of God will befall humanity for its continued uh, willful sinfulness. A, a time period like the days of Noah when evil dominated, and uh, as the world grows darker, we know we're getting closer to that time. Yes. But the Church has hope that the rapture of the church, that God will take us out before that happens
0: and then bring us up to heaven to be with Him. Excellent point. Thank you, Nathan. And thank you for recapping that, just in case someone is new to our program or maybe they're new to biblical prophecy and and the uh, term used as the rapture. uh, We titled our message, The Catching Away, last week. But Nathan, as we get now into chapter 5, would you be able to take us through those portions of Scripture as we continue in the rapture road? Certainly. Well, First
1: Thessalonians 5, the first section, is about the day of the Lord, so that would be ch- uh, verses 1 through 11, and it reads, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as in deep in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing.
0: Oh, I love love the the way that that closes, comfort. And it reminds me how chapter 4 uh, verse 18 close, they're uh, closed. Therefore comfort one another with these words. and really Nathan uh, biblical prophecy should be a comforting thing, it's an encouraging thing.
1: It is. It is. Matter of fact, uh, in Paul's second letter, in 2 Thessalonians, he's going to have to deal with this again, as the church is very concerned about the Lord's return. But uh, again, it's a baby church, as we learned about in chapter 1. Paul didn't get a chance to stay there too long, a few weeks to a few months, before uh, the the Jewish people rose up that that rejected his message and had him and his uh, companions removed. And so he's trying to minister to this church by letter. Yes. And this, this first letter that we have in We know there's two, there's likely a lot more, but he's constantly encouraging them that the day of the Lord should not befall them. Now, we know through all of Bible prophecy, it's, it's many references that the day of the Lord is a reference to the tribulation. Yes. The seven years of judgment that God will place on the earth, similar to like he did on the flood. Uh, and so these people were really worried about the day of the Lord. They were worried because of the persecution that they were now experiencing after accepting Christ, that they were living into this time of great persecution. But Paul's encouraging them, no, you're not living in that
0: time period. Nathan that is a very good point and and here and sometimes people get uh, everything all mixed up and they get all concerned but the day of the Lord really is a day of God's judgment and wrath upon the unbelievers and of course we know that God is going to use that period to uh correct in a sense and and uh, bring the Jewish people back to him but this is not for the church right Nathan
1: Right, right. And and you bring up two good points. I'll add a third, that the tribulation is, like you said, it's for judgment of man for its sin. It's also to bring a remnant of the Jewish people, a third of them, to know Jesus as Savior. And it's for Jesus to return, defeat evil, human government, and set up his kingdom. So the tribulation has three purposes. And like you said... The tribulation has nothing to do with, with the church. When I say church, I'm talking about if you've accepted Jesus as Savior, you're part of the universal church, the, uh, the bride of Christ, as the Bible also calls it. And we are people who are of delight, as, as Paul says here, not of the darkness. In other words, our sins are forgiven by Jesus Christ. We've accepted him in faith, and we are now saved. And therefore, the day of the Lord is not a fear for us because we will not,
0: uh, it will not overtake us. Excellent point. And you know, Nathan, it reminds you, Zechariah chapter uh, 13, verse 8, talks about, again, that is going to, uh, God's plan is for the Jewish people. Two-thirds of them are going to be cut off, and then Zechariah 14, again, behold the day of the Lord's coming. And and again, people need to reference, really, the Old Testament as well, right, Nate, to be able to put this name together.
1: Yeah, and Paul is referring back to quite a number of teachings from the Old Testament, primarily, One, that the Jewish people would be regathered a second time. And brother, we are living in the time period where we're seeing the Jewish people regathered from all over the planet. About 12 million Jewish people... Six million of them or so are now living in Israel, and God's doing that. He's, he's letting the pressure grow around the world, the anti-Semitism and the intolerance and the persecution to drive the Jewish people back to their homeland. And there it will be like a crucible during that tribulation time period as the one world ruler, the Antichrist, persecutes the Jewish people, especially in the second half of the last three and a half years. And we know that when Jesus returns, that the third of them that are left alive will look on him who they have pierced, and they will weep, and mourn, and wail, and cry out, Baruch,
0: Abah, Shem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Oh, that is fantastic. You know, Nathan, uh, the encouragement that I see here, we know the Lord is coming. The Bible continuously says he is coming as a thief in the night. When a thief is coming to break into your house, does he normally give you advance notice, Nathan? Nope,
1: nope, nope. They, you never know when a thief is coming. And Jesus said that, especially in Matthew 24, quite a number of times, that his return would be like a thief in the night. Now, for those of us who are saved, we know that's the rapture. There's no signs that need to come before the rapture. It's what's called an imminent event. In other words, it could happen at any time without warning. But the second coming of Christ, we know to the day. I mean, Daniel's 70th week tells us exactly. Seven years made up of 360 days each for each year. So when the Antichrist in Daniel 9, uh, 26 and 27 says, makes a peace treaty with Israel, that will be the countdown. And from there, those exact seven years will know until Jesus Christ returns. So clearly the rapture isn't at the end of the tribulation, but it's before the tribulation because you can't have the rapture come like a thief in the night if everyone's expecting to the day when Jesus is returning.
0: Nathan, that's a very good point. And I think, again, we need to clarify that there will be those who will know the return and there will be those that don't. The church will not know, but the tribulation saints will, right? Right, and that's an excellent point, because since we are of the light, we
1: have God's Word, we know that Jesus Christ is coming, and it could be any day. But those who are of the darkness, who sleep at night, as the Bible says, they're not ready. They're not, they don't know the prophecies, they don't understand the Bible, and they haven't given their hearts to Jesus. And unfortunately, they're the ones who will end up having to live into the tribulation, into what is called God's wrath in verse 9.
0: Excellent point, Nathan. I always encourage people, I oftentimes teach on this passage, the the, uh, responsibility of the Christian to know Bible prophecy because oftentimes too many Christians are asleep. They don't think uh, it matters. They don't think that, that this is something that is going to affect them. And it's almost like they don't care. Yet the Bible teaches, listen, we are of the light. Nothing should kind of take us by surprise, right, Nathan? Because really, we have the roadmap here. Nothing should take us by surprise
1: if we study the Bible. If we know our word, then we know what to expect. And, brother, I think there's a a huge vacuum of understanding of Bible prophecy nowadays. You know, we've grown up on devotionals and seeker-sensitive sermons, and and we don't ever get to the meat of the Bible. And a lot of the meat of the Bible is Bible prophecy. Thirty-one percent, thirty-one percent of the Bible is Bible prophecy. So God wants us to know how it's going to end. And that's, I think, why Paul's saying we're going to get encouragement. One, we don't have to live through the horrors of the tribulation. But two, we have encouragement knowing that Jesus wins, and because he wins, we win as well.
0: Ooh, I love that. And that's that's the encouragement. And I pray that anyone tuned in will recognize Again, that is the comfort. So you're tuned in to The Truth Will Set you Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about the rapture road here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, offering hope. Nathan, I love verse 5. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We're not of the night nor of the darkness. And it reminds me, like the Bible says in Ephesians, that we are not to be drunk with wine, right, Nathan? But we are to be uh, filled with the Holy Spirit,
1: Yeah, and I think of the other verse that talks about how we are a a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God. Just think about that. There's other verses that say that that God sees us as his treasured possession or his children or his loved ones. Isn't that amazing that the God of the universe who created everything created us and he loves us so much and he loves us so much that he was willing to send his son to die on the cross Mm -hmm. so that when we put our faith and trust in him, that his sacrifice becomes our sacrifice and our sins are forgiven and we don't have to face the wrath of God, both the wrath of God in the tribulation and the wrath of God, which is
0: hell. Absolutely. I really love that. You know, Nathan, uh, verse 8 kind of reminds me a little bit of Ephesians 6 there where it tells us again, but let us... Uh, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and helmet of salvation. It's almost like a mini Ephesians 6 preparation for warfare, right? (laughs) Yeah, there's those three
1: main things that should define a Christian. Faith, hope, and love. And verse 8 has that right there.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Nathan, talk to us about verse 9. Here we find this verse, For God did not appoint us to wrath. But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Tag team there. Yeah, and it and it goes with
1: quite a number of other verses that talk about how that if you are a son of the light, as Paul just said, you're, in other words, you're, you're saved, you're a Christian, then you don't have to worry about the day of the Lord, the wrath of God. Ephesians 5, 6 says the same thing, let no one deceive you with empty words. Yes. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Again, God's wrath is for the disobedient, not the obedient, in other words, those who are saved. Uh, Romans five nine, since we have now been justified by his Jesus blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Or Colossians three four, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And then finally Revelation three ten, uh, which makes the rapture road also the revelation road. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world. To test those who live on the earth. So again and again and again, the Bible makes the promise that if you are a saved believer of Jesus Christ, then you will not experience the
0: tribulation and God's punishment in hell. Woo! I love that. Thank you, Nathan, for those wonderful words of encouragement. And again, we want to encourage individuals to turn in and tune into the Bible. I mean, that's what it says. Also, Revelation 6:17, for the great day of His wrath has come. And who's able to stand, right, Nate? This is not talking about Christians. We're not going to be here. Praise the Lord. We're not. Because the wrath of God, again,
1: is for the ungodly, the disobedient, as Ephesians uh, 5, 6 says. So that's what the wrath of God is. And, and Paul follows up verse 11 with... Therefore, comfort each other. I mean, that's where we should get our comfort. Knowing Bible prophecy, knowing how it ends, is a comfort for those who are, are saved. Now, it should be a terrifying experience for those who are unsaved, because they know that they've got some horrific times ahead, and they really need to give their hearts to Jesus Christ and surrender their lives to Him, but for, and, and receive that same comfort that we have now. As a matter of fact, when we share that news with each other, as verse 11 says, we edify one another. In other words, yes. we help the Christian grow in their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. So Bible prophecy is a fantastic message.
0: Oh, man, Nathan, I love it. And this is why, you know, some people, uh, we believe in pre-tribulation, pre-mill, uh, or, or I guess the term modern, pre-trib, pre We do not believe in post. And the reason why, I don't see much comfort in post-tribulation, right, Nathan? <laughs> No, that the Christian is going to
1: have to endure seven years of God's wrath as he beats up his own Bride of Christ. (laughs) And then when he comes, he raptures us up, and then just we U-turn and zip right back down again.
0: Where's the rescue? Where's the hope? Where's the encouragement? Absolutely none. And the same thing with pre-wrath. Pre-wrath is making us go through part of the tribulation, and supposedly we're going to be... I I don't see any comfort in that either. (laughs) No, because the pre-wrath
1: has us going through the seven seals and six of the seven trumpet judgments, and then uh, we're rescued from the bowl judgments. But Jesus Christ himself opens the very first seal judgment and all the seal judgments. The trumpet judgments come from the throne of God. And so we know that all the, the judgments of God are the wrath of God. Matter of fact, when you get to the bowl judgments, it says God's wrath is complete. In other words, it's over. So it had to have started before then, and that would have started with the seal judgments. So all the 21 judgments that we read about in Revelation are not meant for the church, the bride of Christ. They are meant for an ungodly world that's in rebellion against Him and a Jewish
0: remnant that God wants to get saved. Nathan, and you know, we're just, of course, touching on a few little uh, uh, verses—not not little verses, but we're touching on certain. Uh, 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 nuances that we hear people saying regarding the rapture, when it's going to occur. Revelation chapter 11, verse 12, some see the rapture there, that then we're going to get caught up, but they don't see all the judgment that have transpired before Revelation 11. That is no comfort either. <laughs> no, not at all. I, and now we know from the fifth seal judgment, there's going to be tremendous
1: persecution of believers in Christ. So people say, well, that's the church. That's not the church. That's what's who are called the tribulation saints. Those that's- who get saved after the rapture, but during the tribulation. Unfortunately, they will have to endure the wrath of God because they have waited and uh, not accepted Christ, and so they missed the rapture. But... They get saved from it, and we read how many of the martyrs stand before the Lord in white robes, and they celebrate him, and how they return with us at the end, they're resurrected at the end of the tribulation, and they rule and reign with Jesus Christ through the millennial kingdom. So there is great hope for those who are, are going to be living in the tribulation if they've accepted Christ and likely martyred, which many of them will be, but for the church. That's not our time period. That's not our, I'll use the word, dispensation. It, we are not made for that time period, just like brothers in Christ now are not made for the Old Testament. It's yes. not our
0: time period. The tribulation is not our time period. Excellent point. Thank you so much, Nathan. Again, your are tuning to Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones as we're looking at the Rapture Road. Nathan, I think we made a pretty good case there in those opening verses that we are to be comforted, and we're not going to go through the wrath. Can you continue to take us there through (laughs) the following verses? Sure. Paul is not done with his his exhortations.
1: Excuse me, verse 12 through 22. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, and do not despise prophecies. Test all things, hold fast what is good, and abstain
0: from every form of evil. Man, Nathan, there is just a lot of little pieces there. I love from verse 16. 22. I mean, that, Christians should just learn to walk in those things, right? I, I mean, right. Re- rejoice always. I mean, we, you and I can do an actual whole teaching on every one of these <laughs> verses since we've been in ministry like 20 years together, right? <laughs>
1: it, it is. It's an amazing chapter. There's so much in it. But basically, all right, so we are there, here now and we are waiting for Jesus to come to take us home. What do we do in the meantime? And we're told right here, this is how Christians should live. We should live holy lives, yes. and we should live lives of evangelism, sharing the gospel with others. That's our calling. That's what our purpose is on earth while we wait for Jesus to come back.
0: Excellent. Well, you know, Nathan, I consider myself to be a pastor evangelist just like you because we believe people need to be going out there proclaiming the good news of Jesus' soon return. And Bible prophecy mm-hmm. is a great evangelistic tool, Right. It is. It's a fantastic tool because Bible prophecy has been fulfilled. There's no other religion
1: that has prophecies like the Bible does. 300 verses in the Old Testament and one in every 20, excuse me, 500 in the Old Testament, one in every 25 in the New talk about the Second Coming of Jesus Christ. Now we know all 300 Old Testament prophecies were filled concerning Jesus' first coming. We have 100% proof that Jesus came because he fulfilled prophecy, and he didn't fulfill vague general prophecies, although there were some, he uh, fulfilled specific prophecies, like the tribe of Judah, he'd become from the line of David, that he'd be born in Bethlehem, that he'd ride a donkey, that he'd have to flee to Egypt, that his ministry would come out of Nazareth, that he'd be crucified, dead, and buried. Again and again and again, Jesus fulfilled prophecy. And because of that, we know that his second coming is assured, and when we know that, we can live holy lives in excitement that Jesus is coming back.
0: That is amazing. I want to thank you for that, Nathan Jones. Also, we recognize we have a few of you tuned in there live via our TwitCasting uh, uh, blog. And go ahead and you can follow facebook.com forward slash twave.tv and that will bring you to the link to our TwitCasting page. And uh, I want to give a shout out to a super universe. I believe that is your username. You're giving us a clap there. If you have a question or a comment, go ahead and post those for Nathan or myself. And if we cannot get to it now, we'll surely follow up after the program. So thank those of you that are tuned in live and praying for our for our program here. So Nathan, again, we're very excited because as we look at these passages, as we get to the close of the rapture road in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, even the last verses... We are constantly encouraged to pray and to be filled with the Spirit. Can you continue to take us through those verses? Yeah, the the whole letter to
1: the church in Thessalonica ends, Now may the peace of God himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body preserve blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen.
0: I love that. I mean, again, Nathan, and I, and you and I have talked about this pretty much almost every chapter in this rapture road of 1 Thessalonians. At the ending, it ends with the coming of the Lord. And here in verse 23, you reminded us of that again.
1: Yeah, again, we are reminded and uh, we're, it's interesting, too, here in verse 23, says, "...the God of peace himself sanctify you completely." Now, sanctification is the process of becoming more holy. So when you're saved, your sins are forgiven, but you spend your life becoming more Christ-like. That is the process of sanctification. So Paul is saying here that, hey, brother, you're saved, but uh, continue to work to become more Christ-like. Uh, get rid of the sin in your life. Do not quench the Spirit, as he said in verse 19. In other words, let the Holy Spirit who now dwells in you help you grow in your relationship with him and so that you will be blameless before the coming of the Lord Jesus.
0: In sanctification, Nathan, as we get uh, as we come to almost to the end of the program, we want to encourage our listeners, our viewers, those of you that are tuned in, whether it's twitcasting.tv, wherever it might be, if you call yourself a Christian, we have a responsibility, and that responsibility is to live holy and to live pure, and the good news is you don't have to do it on your own, but God can give you the strength as you surrender to Him. He'll give you the strength through His Holy Spirit to live out the pure Christian life, but you do have to have a relationship with Him, and maybe you're tuned in and you don't have a relationship with the Lord. It is so important for you now while there's still time to come to Christ. He loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. And, and Nathan, would you be able to share, as you often do, as that gift of an evangelist that you have, how someone that is tuned in can come to a relationship with Jesus even right now?
1: Well, it's a matter of surrendering your life to Him. God created you. He loves you. He died for you. He knows the beginning from the end. There's nobody, nobody better to take your life and put it in charge and direct it in the right direction than Jesus Christ. And, you know, you've lived your life and you probably know, hey, man, I really messed a lot of this up. That's because our sin nature is causing us to make bad decisions. So surrender your life to Jesus in faith and trust. Put your trust in Jesus Christ and pray from your heart, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And he promises to do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be gone. And you too can have that hope of knowing that Jesus Christ is coming for you to take you to heaven one day, either through the rapture or through the natural passing of life. But that
0: hope is in you. Nathan, what a wonderful word of encouragement. And that's why, again, we want to encourage those of you that maybe you have prayed and you have trusted the Lord from wherever you're tuned in. Listen, uh, reach out to us, even if the program is over. 305-992-9537. And uh, we would love to, uh, continue to encourage you in this wonderful relationship with Lord Jesus Christ. So, well, Nathan, we've come pretty much to the end of our segment of our program, and it's always a blessing to, uh, have you on, and hopefully anyone that is tuned into the program, uh, would also, um, you know, feel, uh, blessed by, um, by what we've been sharing with them, and hopefully it has served us and encouraged them, uh, to continue to study Bible prophecy. And, and Nathan, I always want to thank you for, again, just making yourself available and bringing these wonderful nuggets to our listeners. So I want to thank you for being part of the program.
1: Well, thank you, brother. And thank you for your heart for all those listening in because, uh, you know, you have a you love them and you're doing all this work through the radio to reach
0: them. And brother, that's to be commended. Praise the Lord for your heart. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan Jones. And it's always a pleasure, my brother, to be able to uh uh, take people closer to the Lord, and uh, hopefully they can continue to to seek Him and trust Him uh, for all things. And we also want to thank every one of you that has been tuned into the program. We've come to the end of our segment for this program, but continue to keep your eyes on Jesus. He loves you. Trust in Him. He has the best in store for you. And I pray that you have a wonderful, wonderful week in Jesus. And remember, lines will remain open three to one end time three to Uh, Eight four six three. If we can pray for you, uh, give us a call and we would love to be able to do so. And of course, remember, you can always um, catch our programs here on www.twave.tv. We archive those so you can tell your friends and your family regarding the programs and also so that they would uh, be blessed as they continue to study uh, Bible prophecy. So again, have a wonderful week. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, uh, again, thanking you for being part of the program. So have a great, great week and a wonderful day in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know he's coming soon, and may he continue to guide you in all truth. Lord, we thank you for giving us another opportunity to be able to reach the lost. We pray in Jesus' name for everyone that tuned in, God that you will be with them and fill them with your spirit. In your name we pray. Amen.